Now, we are going to read some words from the Bible together. Uh, so if you're uh, in the building, if you grab the little green piece of paper that you got when you came in, if you didn't get one, you might look around, I'm sure someone will be able to share one with you. <coughs> or if, you, if there's not one nearby, stick your hand up and someone from the back will come and bring you one, I'm sure. Um, if you're watching at home, we're going to be reading Psalm 100, uh, so you'll need to look that up in your Bibles at home. Uh, or if it's helpful, you can follow words on screen. Uh, but we have printed some of the words out from the Bible on these green sheets for you to, to use this morning. Uh, and the very first one at the top says Psalm 100, and we're going to read it together. Um, now, this psalm begins, shout for joy to the Lord. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to shout it. It doesn't say mumble or whisper to the Lord. We're going to shout these words as instructed. So you're allowed to shout as loud as you can this morning. And I know from some, for some of you that is very loud. So uh, I'm looking forward to hearing how you do. So what we're going to do, we'll all shout the first verse together. So that's the first kind of line on the piece of paper. And then just people on this side of the church and sort of half, you know, that way through the balcony, if you could shout out verse 2, and then you guys, if you shout out verse 3, and then verse 4, and verse 5, and then that's the whole psalm, and we will see which side is going to shout for joy the loudest. Okay, are you ready? So I'm going to do this uh, once more with feeling kind of thing. Okay, here we go. This is a psalm of praise, so let's praise God together. Ready? Shout for joy to the living all you are. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is good. He is the who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Excellent. Well done. Give yourselves a clap for that, because that was very good. That was, I couldn't decide. Who do you reckon was loudest? You reckon that side? Who do you reckon? <laughs> okay, yeah. Call it a draw. Oh, well done. That, that was excellent. We are going to hear a little bit about uh, sort of what those words mean and look at some of these other words on our green sheets as well as Stephen comes to talk to us. Oops. Fantastic. Thanks, Catherine. Good volume, everybody. Um, my name's Stephen. I'm the youth minister here at Bishop Hampton Church. Great to see you all here. Um, if you're a bit younger, there are some of these at the back, um, the bigger ones too, which might help to kind of go through the service with us. Lizzie's going to come and hand some out. So if you wave your hands, she'll come and find you with pens and these funky sheets. They're colourful. Colour is always good, right? Um, fantastic. Now, we're going to start with a game. A game called, What on Earth Do You Do Here? Here's how the game works, right? Uh, we're going we're gonna to see a place, and you guys have to tell me what you normally get up to at that place. But you're not going to use your words. No, that's too easy. No, no. We're going to get two of our church champions, Nat and Morag, to come up here. 
these guys will kind of act out what you might do in these different places. If you do kind of what Nat does, then follow his action. If you do more what Morag does, follow her action. Does that make sense? And because they're standing up, I feel like we should stand up too and join them. Yes. Fantastic. So, first off, what do you do at soft play? Let's see. Um, Nat, what are you doing? I'm going to be sitting and drinking some coffee. Nat, sitting and drinking coffee. Morag, what are you getting up to? So are you a player or a sitter? Act now. A few playing. Lots of, lots of sitting. Fantastic. Okay, 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 next one, next one. What about Brighton Beach? Um, Nat, what's happening to you on the Brighton Beach? I'm hiding from the seagulls. Nat, Nat's hiding from seagulls. So what's, <laughs> and, and more, what are you up to? Okay, are you a swimmer or a seagull hider? I'm 100% a seagull hider. Terrifying creatures. Um, okay, okay, next one, next one. Ikea, or Ikea. Um, what, what do you do here? Um, Morag? I eat my meatballs, bling on. Eat meatballs over that side, Nat. I'm going to be shopping for some furniture. Buying furniture. So do you buy furniture or eat meatballs? Surely. Come on, surely. Their meatballs are so cheap and so good. Um, what about this? What about this one? The cinema. Nat, what's your cinema classic? Well, of course, you've got to talk through the entire movie and eat popcorn extremely loudly. Talking and eating popcorn extremely loudly over that side. And more, what do you do? You sit quietly and you watch the film. Okay, let's see what BH does. Are we, are we talkers and eaters or are we sitters and quiet? <laughs> yeah, okay. Fantastic. Thanks, Nat. Thanks, more. Well done. You can grab a seat too. Fantastic. Give him a little clap as well. That was sterling stuff. What about, what about, what about church? Have you ever wondered what on earth it is that we do right here? Because that's kind of like the theme of this first part of our service. We're thinking, what do we do here? And luckily, a man named Jason can help us. Jason said, um, we are the church. Worship is what we do. So we kind of got a phrase this morning. Um, we are here to worship God. Should we do that together? So, so we are here to worship God. Easy. That's me done. <laughs> um, uh, but, but wait, what is worship? Well, luckily, Psalm 100 will help us with this. So all the readings on this sheet will kind of jump about on this sheet. So use this to help us. Psalm 100, it says, um, Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us. We are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pastures. See, worship has something to do with God being the creator and us being creatures. Worship is kind of, well, what human beings are made to do. It's, the, it's the, the proper, the right way to respond to an awesome God. Literally, the word means to, to bow down. Giving everything to God. But for this morning, we're going to kind of use an acronym, because I like acronyms, they're quite fun, to help us understand it. We're going to slow down to worship, which kind of means, well, worship is about serving God. Loving God, obeying God, and being wowed by God. 
Serving, loving, obeying, being wowed by God. Which is why this, this guy called John Frame, he said, worship is not one segment of the Christian life. Oh, no. Worship is the entire Christian life. Serving, loving, obeying, being wowed by God. And so we are here to worship God. That's why we exist as human beings, to worship God. That's really cool. But it's not just an individual sport. Oh, no. Have a look in your your pink readings at Exodus chapter 9, verse... Oh, it's not on there. Have a look at the screen. That will help us. Exodus chapter 9, verse 1. This is when God's people are trapped in Egypt and Moses goes to Pharaoh and says this. This is what the Lord says. Let my people go so that they may worship me. So that they may worship. The goal is God's people gathering together somewhere to worship God together. It's about being all together to worship. But there's something special about God's people gathering to worship. A bit like we're doing right here. It's a bit like this. Um, oh, band. Uh, uh, Matt, can you just play for us for a little bit? Oh, lovely, lovely, thanks. Um, John, on the sax, can you give us a, 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 a few notes? Oh, fantastic. Uh, singers, are you, can you, yeah, give us a little note? We are the church, have you heard? Beautiful. Uh, and Simon on the cajon? Wow. They they sound really good, don't they? Individually, they they are fantastic, but, but, when you blend all those sounds together. We are the church, have you heard? It sounds so brilliant, give them a big old clap. Together, in public, joined together, they are next level, right? Wow. Individually, it's great, brilliant, but together there's something special. That's the difference between kind of worship on our own, slowing down to serve, love, obey, be wowed up by God, and worship together. There's something unique and special about what we're doing right now. And that's why in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 11, verse 18, um, Paul says, I hear that when you come together as a church, there's something special about the gathering of God's people. Like this here, what we're doing, is unique. There's nothing like it in the world. Because together, we meet with God and we worship God. That's amazing. Again, our friend John Frame, he said, when we meet together as a church, our time of worship is the whole point of our existence of the body of Christ. Like, we are here to worship God. That's what we're all about. So, so, so like, like, when we gather together on Sunday morning, the goal is not Christian entertainment. We're not a cinema. We are here to worship God. When we gather together on Sunday, the goal is not to learn lots and lots and lots of stuff about the Bible and about God. That's not the main aim. We're not a lecture hall. We are here to worship God. When we gather on a Sunday, um, our goal, well, We're not gathering together because we share a common interest, like a bird-watching club. No! 
We are here to worship God. Like Sunday by Sunday, our goal is worship. In some ways, this is human beings doing what we're made to do. We're not here to kind of learn stuff or be entertained. We're here to worship our living God. And this is the place to do it. And like, if that's why we're made, if this is the place to do it, then surely that makes kind of church the absolute best thing in the universe, right? Surely it should be, this should be the highlight of our week as Christians. I wonder if our lives reflect that. Like, does the way we live show that this is the best? And if not, are there any things we can do to change that and shift it around? Hmm. Our goal is worship. And so every single thing we do on a Sunday, if you look at your little book, your, not booklets, our, our service sheets, every thing, single thing we do uh, as part of our service, well, it's all worship. Like, the singing is not worship alone. The sermon is not worship alone. We don't elevate those things above everything else. The whole of the service is worship. It's all slowing down to serve, love, obey, and be wowed at by God. So, like, um, coffee. That's us serving God as we serve each other by talking and listening and praying. Um, the, the, the creed. That's us shouting out, God, we love you, together as a church. It's worship. When we hear the Bible read, when we listen to our sermon, that's us committing to obey God. It's worship. And when we sing, we're saying, God, we're wowed by you. It's worship. The whole service helps us worship God because it's all worship. And we are here to worship God. Now's your chance to win a crunchy. Everyone likes crunchies, right? That Friday feeling. Um, we're going to play a game of I Spy. Oh, I Spy, what a classic. Okay. I Spy, with my little eye, something beginning with L. So shout out anything that, that, that you can see that might be the thing that I can see beginning with L. Light, nope. Lectern, nope. Legs, my legs aren't showing for once. Isn't that strange? Um, love. Love, oh that's a great guess. No. What's that? Lizzie! Who said Lizzie? Chris, well done! That's my wife Lizzie, yes, I spy Lizzie. Uh, Lizzie, can you throw that to Chris? Great cat, what a catch! Wow, fantastic! Um, oh, <laughs> yeah! Uh, fantastic, Lizzie. Um, see, see, when we gather together, not only is every part of our service worship, but every part of our service shows us the most amazing and brilliant reasons to, to kind of love, serve, obey, and be wowed up by God. Every part of our service is about Jesus dying on the cross. A service is kind of like a, a 4D immersive journey into the cross of Christ. We get to taste and see and hear and say that Jesus died for me. And so a great little thing to do at church is to play Jesus I Spy, kind of genuinely to, to, to see how the readings, how the creed, how the confession, how the songs we sing point to Jesus and show how amazing he is. Because he's the big, amazing reason we have to worship our God. 
See, we are here to worship God. And we're going to find out a bit more in a few moments. Now, every, uh, well, during the next year, we're going to kind of have a few of these um, all-age services, which were specifically kind of saying something to families to kind of encourage you and help you um, in your walk with, with Jesus. Um, and so everyone else in the church, please don't switch off. There's some gold in here for you too. But kind of this next bit, we're focusing to kind of help our families worship our God together. But we all can join in too, because the big question, what is the worst vegetable out there? Um, I went to Carp this morning, picked up these five vegetables. Four of them were on offer because no one wants them because um, they're, they're some of the worst ones out there. So uh, we're going to kind of go through. I'll raise it in the air. If you think that vegetable is the worst one out there, can you boo? It's called a boo off. Um, so, so boo for your least favorite vegetable up there. And we'll see which BH thinks is the worst vegetable in existence. Does that make sense? Fantastic. Um, first, it's the most horrible of all vegetables. The cucumber. Boo. Boo. So it sounded like just me on my own there. Cucumber. Okay, okay. Second, that Christmas delicacy. Sprouts. Wow, that is, that's up there. Reduced to clear. Um, in third place, who's third? The cabbage. Here it is. Cabbage. Uh, okay, okay, a bit rogue. Oh, the cabbage. Um, what about the cauliflower? Okay, okay. Uh, sprouts are still winning this. Um, also reduced, by the way. Um, and last... Mushrooms? Wow. Okay. It's between mushrooms and sprouts. Do you like a final boo off? Yeah, let's do it. Um, okay, only two options now. Sprouts or mushrooms? Boo for sprouts? For mushrooms? Mushrooms are BH's least favorite vegetable. Wow. <laughs> um, like... If you, if you know children, or have been a child, or are a child, you'll know that the battle over vegetables on the kitchen table, well, it can be a bit of a battle, can't it? My parents used to try all sorts of techniques. Um, the, the vegetable train, here comes the broccoli, choo-choo. Bribery, there's cake if you eat your mushroom, Stephen. Or, or hiding it in baked goods, like beetroot brownies, courgette cake. Um, it can be quite tricky. So, so why, why do we kind of insist on our children, young people eating vegetables? Yeah. Brilliant, because they're healthy, they're good for us, they're full of nutrients. And if we didn't eat them, well, we'd suffer from the toilet, the toilet department. Um, <laughs> vegetables are really good for us. And in some ways, kind of, Sundays with children can feel a bit like a vegetable skirmish. It can feel a bit hard work sometimes. And yet, just like vegetables, it is so good for whole families to be here together. It's fantastic. In fact, if you skimmed through the readings on the green sheet, you'll have noticed something they have in common. Pretty much all of them mention children and young people. Because here's the tagline for our second kind of chunk of the teaching, right? 
there's no age limit on worship. There's no age limit on worship. Like, check out Exodus um, chapter 10. This is like in the middle of the plagues, and Pharaoh, he kind of says, Moses, these plagues are far too much for us. Like, you guys go and worship God. But he's like, wait, 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 Moses, Moses, wait. Who's going to go and worship with you? And look what Moses answers in verse 8. He says, uh, verse 9, we will go with our young and our old, with our sons and our daughters. Because God wants all ages to worship together. There's no age to on worship. And Pharaoh is fuming. He says, if I let you go with your women and children, clearly you're bent on evil. And because Pharaoh won't let the children and women go and worship, the plagues kind of ramp up with increasing ferocity. Because, see, there's no age limit on worship. God wants all to be worshipping him together. And in fact, there's a theme over and over in the Bible, in Deuteronomy, in Nehemiah, in Joshua, in 2 Chronicles. God's people gather to worship and children are specifically singled out as being there. Isn't that really cool? There's no age on worship. Even in the New Testament, in a letter called Ephesians, um, written to a church, we read out in a church, Paul says this, children, obey your parents in the Lord. For this is right. Biblical command there. But, but notice, he's speaking to a church and addressing children. There are children in the church hearing. And they would have sat through five chapters of pretty deep, intense theology. Wow, like our kids can understand a whole lot more than we think. There's no age limit on worship. And it makes sense, doesn't it? Because if the Sunday gathering is not about information download or about kind of entertainment, but about meeting with and worshipping the living God, then kind of we want our children right here, don't we? This is the place for them to be. There's no age limit on worship. And so, kind of, um, climbers, uh, scramblers, mini scramblers, uh, rooted uh, explorers, KO, you guys, you are so welcome here. In fact, in fact, you guys, you belong here. This is our church together. And, and you guys, you can teach us so, so much about worship. It's great that you're here. And just to say, kind of, um, when we gather together to do stuff as a church, not all of it will be child-friendly. So, I mean, like, not all of our songs will have actions. Some of our teaching will go over the young people's heads. Not all of it is child-friendly, but to coin a phrase from Dave Howarth, all of it is child-healthy. Like, it's so good for our young people to hear that and be in and around that. It's like vegetables, kind of, it's hard, kind of, sometimes eating sprouts and cauliflower, but it's good for us. Like, being here is so good for us. That's kind of why, as a church, we start all together our services. That's why our children come back for communion. That's why, Rooted, we're kind of in the services every other week, because there's no place like this. There's no age limit on worship. Um, has anyone, hands up, if you've been told off for talking before when you shouldn't have been? In the library, the cinema maybe. Uh, the weirdest place I was told off for talking 
was on the cricket pitch. In my one and only cricket match, I was bowling. And at the ball in hand, and as I was bowl, I ran out to bowl, I was talking to myself, go on Stephen, you can do it, get the off stump down, yes, bowl, lovely. Apparently, that's not cricket. So I, like, like the batsman complained to the umpire. And then the umpire took me aside and said, Stephen, you cannot talk when you're bowling. Like, what's that about? Oh, I was so disappointed. Um, but, but parents, have you ever felt like kind of your main role in church is to keep your children quiet so they don't disturb anyone else? Like as a cricket match? Have you felt that before? Because I want to liberate you. That is not your main role in church. If we are here to worship God, then, then kind of your main role is to worship God and help your children worship God too. That's kind of the main thing of what we're doing. Uh, and so two little things to kind of chat that through. One is to teach our children and young people. And like if you look at your sheets, in Exodus chapter 12, this is a remarkable this is when God's giving out instructions for the Passover, like a, a really big festival for God's people. In verse uh, 26, when your children ask you, what does this ceremony mean? Then tell them it's the Passover sacrifice to the Lord. Do you notice that? First off, children are in and around the Passover feast. They're there because they're so important. But secondly... They're asking questions. They're encouraged to ask questions. So young people, children, rooted, KO, explorers, climbers, minis, scramblers, ask your questions. Like, in the service. Why is that man wearing that funny microphone thing? Why are we singing that song? Ask those questions. It's okay to make some noise. Actually, actually, that is a great little line for every single one of us. Because there might be stuff in the service we don't understand. Ask about it. Ask someone next to you. Ask the leader of the service after the service. That's a great thing to do. And notice as well, did you see, parents are answering their, their children. Hello, Sam. Afterwards, yeah. The cucumber's yours. I, I don't want it anywhere near me. Um, <laughs> but, but, but you see, parents are kind of answering questions. Um, there's a book by Robbie Castleman uh, called Parenting in the Pew. That's kind of the phrase that she uses. I think that's a brilliant phrase. Like, parents, we want to give you permission to make noise as you teach your young people about worship. Like, giving a running commentary through a creed. Great thing to do. Whispering in the prayers. Hey, let's pray for that situation at home. Or getting kids to stand on chairs as you sing. Fantastic! All of that is part of this kind of helping young people worship. And by the way, parents, as you're doing that, you yourselves are worshipping God. You're serving, you're loving, you're obeying, and you're being wowed by God as you help your younger sisters do that too. Second little tip, kind of, well, is parenting after the pew as well. Because imagine, like, imagine if you're walking out those doors at the back and you say to your, your young kids, wasn't it amazing when we read that bit from the Bible? What was your favourite bit? If we're excited, what kind of attitude is going to rub off on our young people and children? That's really cool. So teach your young people and children. Second thing is to treasure Sundays. Um, if Sunday is the best, the highlight for Christians, then let's make it stand out. Maybe special breakfast on Sundays. And again, 
this is not just for families. Like, every single one of us can make Sunday special and sparkle. Every single one of us likes special breakfast, right? It's a good thing. Um, so, kind of make Sunday stand out and special. And maybe that means, like, guarding it as well so that other stuff doesn't kind of creep into our Sundays so we can be here with God's people. Because there's no age limit on worship. And one little, little thing to parents, like, keep on going. It can be really tough sometimes being a parent in this current age. Keep on going. You're doing a fantastic job. And the blessings of what you're doing will, will be amazing. Your young people will start to love and cherish church. And actually, we as a church are blessed and encouraged seeing you parenting in the pew. So keep at it. And on that, church family, this is to us here, we get involved and we help out. Have a look at Psalm 78, verse 4. Psalm 78, verse 4. Um, it says, We will tell the next generation of the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power and the wonders he has done. That's not parents there. That's to all of God's people. All of God's people help out. Church, we can help raise children to be lovers of the Lord Jesus and worshippers of God. In loads of different ways, like passively, by not kind of turning around and tutting at people when there's some noise behind us. That's a great thing not to do. Um, but then more actively as well, like um, we can talk to our young people and children. Like, isn't it fantastic when you see kind of the KO young people walking around church followed by gaggles of children. I love that. That's brilliant. That's like crossing the age barrier. That's, that's young and old working together. Um, we can kind of help parents out by sitting with families, especially if they're outnumbered. Like, and talk to those young people. Like, one of my favorite moments of this year was a few weeks ago, actually, in communion. And I looked across and saw Alex Forrest and Ruth Potts praying with some of the kids from Rooted after communion. That, to me, is beautiful. Like, Alex and Ruth, they're, they're, not, they're not their children, but they're praying for them because they're part of the same family. They're praying with them. That is a beautiful picture of church family worshipping together. Wow! And why is this such a big deal? Well, I think this shows us Jesus' heart. Um, over here, I have the uh, communion table. Now, on the communion table, there is written some words. We're going to do one more quiz to work out what the words on this table are. Here are the four options. Option A, have a bite to eat on me. Is that what it says on our table? Option B, suffer the little children to come unto me. Option C, I like bagels. Option D, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Okay, we'll do a hands up vote for this one. Hands up if you think the table says, have a bite to eat on me. That would be cool, wouldn't it? It's not A. What about uh, B, suffer the little children to come unto me. Hands up. Okay, what about C, I like bagels. <laughs> There's a few for bagels. What about D? Okay. Here's what the table says. It says, suffer the little children to come unto me. Um, You can look at this later on, actually, after the service. But that bit comes from a part in Matthew's Gospel um, and Mark's Gospel, Mark 10, when children are trying to get to Jesus. And the disciples are saying, no, stay away. You don't belong. Jesus is too important for you to go near him. And Jesus says these words. 
Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God, heaven, belongs to such as these. Jesus says, let the children come, let the children worship me. See, that's beautiful, because Jesus, he died on the cross to save anyone and everyone who trusts in him. There is no age limit on coming to love and trust and know the Lord Jesus, so there is no age limit on worshipping him either. No one's too small, too young, too insignificant for Jesus. He treasures every single one of us. There's no age limit on worship. Let's pray. Father God, thank you that your big picture is all ages coming together to worship you. That's a brilliant thing. We want to pray for our parents that you would help them to worship you and help their young people to worship you too. As a church, help us to help that process of worship happen. And Father, thank you that Jesus, he died for all ages to come and know and trust him. What an amazing saviour we have. Amen.